0: Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. About last week, how the Holy Spirit is a person that He has a mind, that He has a will, and He has emotions, and He's a relational person. And the only way that He could really replace Jesus was to be relational and wanting to be close to us and wanting to be near to us. Um, And He wants to be our what? What was the word we talked about all last week? He wants to be our what? Helper, right? Help us with what? Help us with everything. Uh, I know I' got some high maintenance folks out here that I'm sure need to help with a lot of stuff. And um the Holy Spirit was God's uh, person that He gave to us to help us in every single thing in life. Um so as we as I prepared this week, I just really got to the place of the importance of understanding kind of the key that unlocks the ability to be Spirit-led. And what we're going to look at today is called the baptism. The baptism is the key that is unlocking um, all of the things that that are going to happen in our lives. So the baptism is the full release of the Spirit of God into the life of the believer. It's, It's being fully released into the life of the believer. So when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we will see the power that Jesus promised operating in each of our lives that, that that's what we will see we will see that power were released we will see it uh, come to fruition in our lives um, so I remember growing up as a young man in the church we would always talk about the the Holy Spirit and you know we heard about the Holy Spirit but there maybe was not enough of an emphasis of experiencing him you know, it's kind of like I could explain like, uh, who somebody's like, uh, what they like, what they don't like, and we could talk about the person all. Like, think about your really good friend. If you were trying to explain who your friend was to me, and you know them really, really well, you could explain what they like, what they don't like, what they look like, how tall they are, you know, uh, past girlfriends, past boyfriends. I mean, it depends how close you know them, right? But you would know them really well. But what would be the best benefit for me to really get to know them really well? For me to meet them, right? To know them. And, and that is really today what, what, what this message and what I'm wanting us to experience is, experience today is that we just don't talk about the Holy Spirit, but we get to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, maybe like some of us have experienced, but I'm hoping also like some of you have never experienced now, God kind of gave me this revelation, you know, even in talking out this message that if you have received the baptism, it's kind of like if I slap you across the face, you know I slap you across the face. There's no accident. You're like, mm, I'm not sure, Pastor, if you slap me or not. If I slap you across the face, how many of you know you should know I slap you across the face? That's kind of what the Holy Spirit is like. If you, have been, if you have experienced the baptism, you know that you know that you know that you have experienced that. Now, if you were on the fence and you're kind of like, mm, well, maybe yes, maybe no, mm, I don't know, I would challenge you to say you have not yet maybe experienced the fullness of the baptism of what God wants you to experience. Because those of you who have experienced it, I promise you're going to know like a smack across the face that you've experienced that and you know that you know that you know that you've received that. Um, so it really, for me, wasn't until I realized the Holy Spirit as a person that Things began to change. That he was going to be my helper. That he was going to live inside of me. That he was going to uh, be the helper that Jesus promised him to be operating in my life. Um, I remember, you know, when I was younger, it was really two separate experiences. Really, I came, I went to I remember going to youth camp, and uh, the 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 preacher was preaching, and he was talking about like, hey, you know. Um, If you're going to go to heaven, you have to know God and you have to believe in Jesus for yourself. And then he made a statement. He said, you can't make it to heaven by the the skirt tails of your parents. And I was like, man, that was my plan, right? I was going to go to heaven because my parents went to heaven, not because I had chosen to follow Jesus and to put my faith in him. So I remember at youth camp making that choice, making that commitment to follow Jesus. But I, I had a, so that salvation experience happened. But I didn't hear anything about the Holy Spirit in that moment. Like, I mean, I, I, I understood, I'm sure that the Holy Spirit was at work. He was drawing my heart. He was leading me to that relationship with God. But when I talk about power, this changing power inside of me that we're going to look at in scriptures in just a moment I, I didn't experience all that. I didn't even know that that was possible. But then I see that baptism, for me, happened in a, in, in a little bit later on in my life. Now, I'm going to tell you, it is better for it all to happen at the same time. Um, have any of you, how many of you have uh, utilized the automatic car wash in Bay City where you just drive through? Yep. Anybody ever got halfway and decided to reverse out and not go through the whole thing? <laughs> nah, I'm, this ain't for me. I'm out. Like that's kind of what it's like. We want to come out the other side with a complete transformation. Man, I don't want soap suds. I want it dried. I want it. When I come out, I want to look completely different. And that's the goal, right? But if that's what it'd be like. Nah, I'm just going to go halfway. I'm good with the soap suds. Like, that would be insane. So we want to make sure in your life you're going through the whole thing of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Now, I'm going to give you a few examples of some of the ways to understand maybe just the Holy Spirit a little bit better. But Um, Another way to understand how the Holy Spirit really works in the life of the believer as far as the baptism and that power being released. So in this building, you have wiring. Wiring is everywhere. It it turns on these lights. You got if we could remove all the walls, you'd have wires and you have all kinds of stuff going everywhere. But the wiring is intact. But in order for the lights to work, what do they have to be hooked up to? Power source. They have to be hooked up to power. If there is no power connecting the wires, the power will not, will not, well, well the the wiring is kind of pointless. And it doesn't work like it's supposed to. But it is there. We have to understand that the Holy Spirit is similar to that. All of the wiring, everything we need as a follower of Jesus is there. But we have to be connected to the power source. We have to plug into the power for our lives to be full of this power that that Jesus was talking about. So how do we live a life full of the power of the Holy Spirit? Man, I am so glad you asked And I'm sure at this point you are dying to know. I'm going to let you know. We're going to look at some scriptures this morning. But the answer to this question, how do we receive this power? The answer is the baptism. Okay? So Luke 24, 49. This is the promised power. It says on verse 49 of Luke 24. Now, as I go through these, I'd encourage you just to kind of jot the references down. And then go back and read them, marinate on them, allow it to grow your faith. So... um, I would challenge you today that today, if you're hearing this message, uh, there is going to be people in this room that really receive and experience different measures of experience in the presence of God. Now, the one key ingredient that determines how close and how much we experience is going to be faith. How much faith do you have to believe in what God says he will do, what the Holy Spirit says he will do? And where are you at in your faith this morning? Because I've seen people show up and, man, they get touched and it, they're changed. And then you have others that, you know, show up and it's like, huh, that wasn't that impressive. You know, like you just walk away from, from a, 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 a service. And I'll tell you what, God is in the room. He wants to do great things. The Holy Spirit is in the room drawing the hearts, ho- hopefully stirring in your spirit already now. But there is a cooperation of applying faith in each of our lives that allows us to get to that place of power of receiving the Holy Spirit. So as I read these passages, let that word of God, what does the word of God do? It grows our faith. That's why we're going to read it before we get a little bit further in as We want your faith to grow. All right, so Luke 24, 49, I am going to send you what the Father had promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So when I talk about power, when I talk about baptism of the Spirit, I didn't choose these phrases. This is what the phrases that the Bible uses. But Jesus, he says, stay in the city and receive the promise of my Father until you are clothed with power from on high. Say that word, say power. power. Right, power, not just like, yeah, mamsie, pamsie, faith. We're talking about power of God, power from on high. So it says, wait there. Acts 1, 5, and then we're going to look at verse 8. In verse 5, it says, For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So, we know about water baptism is what we do. You know, when you're a follower of Jesus, the next step is being baptized in water. So it says, you know, John baptized with water, which was the first baptism, but another baptism is coming, which is a baptism in the Holy Spirit. This is the promised baptism. So it said, wait for the power. Wait, you know, in a few days you will, be, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then verse 8, you will receive power. Does it say you might receive power? Uh, you could receive power. No, it says when you receive, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, this phrase of coming on, it's used all throughout Scripture, you know, and I just kind of feel like what it is, it's kind of like he just kind of hooks up the juice and boom, he brings you to life. From the inside out. Because the spirit of God is already inside of us. But man, he just hooks us up to be in sync with the power of the Holy Spirit. It says, when the spirit comes on you, you will receive power. And this is what's going to happen when you receive this power. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So it gives us the power to witness. It gives us the power to be bold, to stand for God. All right? So then Acts 2.4. It says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, so that first part, all of them. So if we back up in scripture, that actually is implying, if we look at Acts 1:15, there was a group of about 120 followers of Jesus who were in the upper room. They were all there. They were waiting on the promise. What did They, they were being obedient. Wait until you receive power. So in this moment, they were all waiting. Now, how many of them does it say that were filled? So if I say all of us are filled with the Holy Spirit, does that mean just these two over here? Nah, just this guy right here, because he really wore a nice hoodie today. Like it, no, when it, it's implying all, all of us, right? All of them were filled, all who were obedient, all who were gathered together. Um, now, I understand some of you, uh, I don't know where you're at in the realm of tongues, no tongues. I believe in it, I don't believe in it. I'm sorry, the Bible supports it, because it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, let me help you with this a little bit. So, when, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, understand what it says the Spirit enabled them. They flipped the light switch, right? You know, it's something that changed, something I couldn't do, and now it's enabled to something I can do. Um, You know, it's not not just kind of conjuring it up, making it come out, you know, Uh, and I would encourage you, you know, when we ask for the Holy Spirit, we shouldn't fake it till we make it. You know, just say yubba dubba do ya a whole bunch of times and see if it'll come out. That's probably not the best method. If it is not enabled and released out of you, it's not going to come out naturally. Now, I understand they want you to just talk, and we'll, we'll look at some different things in a moment and how to do that, but... You can't do it within yourself. It has to be the Holy Spirit enabling it inside of the believer, and it has to come out. But it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the baptism. And they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So they received this baptism. They were full of power. They were full of boldness. They were effective witnesses. And if we look at that passage a little bit more in its entirety, it says that they could hear the people declaring the praises of God in their own tongue. So there was many people gathered different you know different languages different things but the tongues was edifying God it was declaring the praises of God you know so sometimes when you know if somebody were to say well they were possessed well I've never seen a demon glorify God in their tongue that they spoke Okay, it was a witness bearing testimony to the goodness of God. They spoke in tongues. They prophesied. They appeared to be drunk. But nonetheless, there was a tangible, visible chain, or change that happened, evidence that the power of God had been released. All of a sudden, there was power to the wiring. All of a sudden, the power of, and the baptism of promise showed up in that upper room, and they were all filled. Can we say that one more time? Say all They were all filled, okay? All right, so we keep on moving. Acts 2, 38 and 39. This kind of gives the whole picture of salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So this is salvation with the practice of water baptism. I keep pointing over here because if you don't know, this is where our baptism is. If you're a follower of Jesus and you have not been water baptized do you understand you are not following a instruction? You know, I, we had we had one gentleman get baptized first service. I was super excited because like he just started following the Lord. He got water baptized and then he got an awesome message about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, man, you're going through the car wash. He's probably on you know, like in my visual, he's going through the whole process and God is up to some great things. But what does, that, what does that passage tell us? It says, believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead. You know, It, it says, you know, uh, believe, um, ask for that forgiveness of sin. And then it says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So understand it's progressive, right? You know, We receive salvation, we get water baptized, and then we get baptized in the Holy Spirit. There is a prerequisite which we'll look at in just a minute to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have to be a son and daughter of God. You have to have received salvation. That is the prerequisite. Anybody in college ever try to take your, your year three and four classes before you took your basics? They won't let you do that. Right? You've got to have your basics. They're prerequisites for certain classes. So the only prerequisite to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today in this moment is that you've already received salvation. The gift of Jesus in your life. Okay? So salvation is the prerequisite. A life surrender to God. Okay? So when we look at uh, Romans 10, 9, and 10, this is how you're saved. Like, so let's talk about salvation really quick, just in case you're like, well, how do I get saved, Pastor? We're going to map it all out for you. Verse 9 of Romans 10, it says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I love these statements in the Bible. You will factual it's gonna happen it's a promise if you do this if you believe you know that that Jesus raised uh, or that God raised Jesus from the dead you will be saved verse 10 for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved so you believe something and you say something so it's important to have faith but it's also important to speak it out you know, I, I just really believe that that internal heart work is going to come out by a verbal expression. If God is doing it, you ever been super excited about something where you just shouted? Yeah. Like it overwhelmed I me. Mean, I mean, let me give you an example. All you guys, Because like, what are you talking about? Football game. Your team wins. Ultimate pass. You're like, yeah, throw the nachos everywhere. Like, you know, you, you know that something comes from the inside out that's almost uncontrollable. Well, when the power of God is working internally in a magnitude like that, you can't help but have things come out. All of a sudden, shouting and clapping and jumping and acting a fool makes sense because, you're like, man, I cannot contain this excitement of what God is doing on the inside. But I tell you what, there's something about the words of our mouth coming out. I tell my kids all the time, "Listen, uh, Samuel Cassidy Grace, do you know why we pray out loud?" Because they always tell me, "Well, God knows what I'm thinking." Let me tell you what it does. When the words of our mouth leave our tongue, it's not that God doesn't know, but it releases faith to believe what we're asking for, but it also causes trembling in the, in the dark realms and it allows Satan to know what we're taking authority over. When I say no more, Satan, you're not going to rob from me, but I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to be covered, I'm going to be free, and you begin to speak these things, you don't understand what you're doing, but you're speaking and releasing that authority of God verbally. And guess what? All of hell and his dominion and all of his demons and all that, they have to yield to that. Because it's the authority of Christ that we have. But we have to communicate that thing. So we believe something, but we better say something. You know, that's why I'm like, man, are you saved? Yeah. You ever told anybody about it? Well, no. What in the world? Why are we not telling people about Jesus? It's one of the most important things we will ever do. All right? So here's what the the prerequisite for receiving the Holy Spirit is salvation. But how do you receive the Holy Spirit? Man, I'm so glad you asked. Let's look at this. Luke 11, we're going to look at 10 through 13. It says, For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Verse 13. Verse 13. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There's your answer. Well, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? We ask God. I know my children, they are, you know, they've gotten a lot better at asking, but man, they used to wear me down about asking for things. We're kind of in this place now where uh, they get allowance, but they forget their allowance. Hey, Dad, um. Can you pay for this and I'll pay you back? You know what? Every time I've done that, that sometimes ends up being a bad loan. Amen. That money, can't, I thought you had money. Well, I, don't, I can't find my wallet. I don't know. So we quit doing that. We quit you know, uh, borrowing the money and all that stuff. But, you know, when, when they were little, they used to ask. How many of you as children used to ask your parents for things? What if you knew that everything you asked for that they would say yes? How much more would you ask? So when we think about the Holy Spirit and we, uh, we think about the heart of God, that he will give us good things when we ask for them, how much more when we ask for the Holy Spirit will God not honor that and give us that? Right. We need that in our life. The Holy Spirit, you know, it was sent as our helper. Jesus said, hey, wait, you're going to need this. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Remember, if you missed the, the message from last week, go back and listen to that. He was going to lead us. He was going to be our helper. He was going to come on the scene and help us get through all of these things, but the Father says, all who ask, you have to ask Him. He gives good gifts. But here's the secret sauce, Hebrews eleven six. There is a key that unlocks all of our receiving. Verse 6 of Hebrews 11 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly or diligently seek Him. So faith is the key to salvation. Faith is also the key to receiving the Holy Spirit. I remember when I was in Bible school, they always talked about like different levels of faith. Um, And they used to call salvation faith, they used to call it saving faith. It is like the simplest, almost dumbest form of faith you can have. Like, I think I believe. Hey, that's enough. Like, it does not require this huge level of faith to believe in this. But it just starts. That little bit of faith ignites something great in your life. Like, think about it, man. You didn't really—I mean, you might have understood what salvation meant, but I don't think we always knew what it meant. We just kind of started somewhere, you know. And then God honored that, took our heart of stone, gave us a heart of flesh, and everything changed in that moment. Like, we're all of a sudden—you know—I know for me, in salvation, the biggest thing that changed was my anger. I used to get stupid angry. Like dumb angry, like doing stupid stuff. Like, man, you're throwing stuff, acting like a fool and like, like outer body watching myself get mad. And like, I remember a a kid down the road, man, I made a vendetta to bust him up. He used to beat me up all the time. I said, I'm going to get bigger. I'm going to kill that kid. I was, man, I'm talking angry, uh, uh, ugly anger. I said, man, I'm going to rough him up. You know what happened? I got saved before I could do that. (laughs) And I got a lot bigger than that dude. And I was like, man, I'm going to put some hurt on you for all that years you hurt me. God changed my heart still think about that sucker, though. I want to... But I think about it, but that's not me no more. right? You know, it changes. There should be things in salvation that change. But there are still struggles until you apply faith to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because that was the finishing work. That was the completing work that happens. I think just receiving salvation and just stopping there, man, you are going to be challenged to live the life that God has called you to live. I would probably be strong enough to say you might not be able to accomplish it. You'll make it to heaven, but living the victorious life, just having that complete change of just that continual work happens when we also have faith to ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So without faith, it's impossible to please God because if we don't have faith, we don't even believe that he exists. Therefore, we cannot receive salvation. We can't receive salvation. Guess what we can't receive? Baptism. <laughs> so we have a prerequisite of those things. So understand this. Understand this that the promise of the baptism of the holy spirit is for every born again christian the pentecostals aren't the only ones that that was for you got to understand like it's it's not like oh well they got it and they don't got it you know you have to understand that there is a large scale between baptist and pentecostal when he says my spirit is for all people it's for all people Now, you may be at a place where you say, well, you know, I just think it was just for the disciples. And last I checked, there was 120 of them. It wasn't just the disciples. And we're going to look at another passage in just a moment where it was poured out again, like 20 years later from Pentecost. So, like, if it happened 20 years, why could it not happen 200 years later? And why could it not happen 2,000 years later? And if it's for my children's children's children, and then that means me and you. And, like, why did we just say it should stop there? But if that's what I'm thinking, what I think often affects what? What I believe. And what I believe has a big pull on what I have faith to believe in. Right? If I don't believe that it's true, right, may not pursue after that. So understand this, the disciples had to wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit because Jesus had not yet returned to the Father. Because the promise that we talked about last week, he was going to go to the right hand of the Father. When he got there, he said he would send the Holy Spirit. So the disciples had to wait. They were kind of standing in this limbo between Jesus, death, burial, resurrection, going back to the Father. And then there was that outpouring. But listen, for us today, we don't have to wait. The work is completed. The Holy Spirit's available to all who will ask and have faith to believe, who are saved by the grace of God through Jesus. It's available to all of us, so it's it's up to you. Do you want to receive this? Have you asked for this? Is this even something that you knew was possible? This message today is intended to be challenging. I hope that you move from where you're at. I hope that if you've already received the baptism, that you leave full of a fresh outpouring of the baptism. My heart is not for you to be like, oh, that was good, pastor. We'll see you next week. No, that you say, this was a moment where my life began to change. The things that I knew about the Holy Spirit, he's so much more than I realize. I have just begun to taste and see just a little bit of his goodness. But there's something that begins to stir in us where we're passionate and we desire more than we've ever experienced. It's not just about making it to heaven and avoiding hell. It's about allowing the spirit of God in his relationship to show me what he thinks, show me what he sees and to flow through me so that the kingdom of God on the face of the earth could be advanced. It says my spirit is going to allow you to be witnesses in all of the places of the earth. So how can we be saved? How can we be full of the spirit of God and not care about telling others about Jesus? I would say maybe we have stopped at salvation. We look at the ticket and we say, I'm good, I get in. But I'll tell you what, when the Spirit of God is invited in, we begin to care about the things that the Spirit cares about. And guess what? The Spirit of God cares about souls. This whole two-service thing. You know, when we talked about going to two-service, you know what the whole point of it? It wasn't to be like, oh, man, look how many people we got. My heart said, Lord, I want to reach and make room for as many people as are willing to hear. That we would see the kingdom of God being advanced. We have visitors every weekend, ladies and gentlemen, every single weekend. I don't know if it's the first time that they've heard the gospel and the love of Jesus, but I hope as they hear it, their lives are radically changed. Yeah. How many of you are fairly new attending this church? I know I got one over here. I got, I mean. A lot of us, right? You're like, man, Pastor, you keep getting more and more radical. Like you kind of bait and switch me. You show up and you're like real calm and conservative and real structured, and then you get in this Holy Ghost kick. What are you doing? We are a church that's going to yield to what the spirit of God wants to do. But in this series, when we talk about being spirit led, we have to understand the baptism. It has to be in us. Like if we just talk about it, like, oh, that's a great sermon. I wrote down all the notes and you didn't apply anything in the school. Remember the lecture and then the lab. I love the lab. You know why? Because I didn't understand the lecture. But I understand we're like, oh, that gets poured in that and that's, oh, okay, now I understand what's going on. The, the, the lab is where we experience the power of God. We experience the presence of God. How do we know we've experienced it? Because we change. We're not left the same. We're left stirred and we're left hungry and we're, we're passionate and we're desiring things and we're like, I don't even understand why I desire those things. But man, there's something churning on the inside. That's the power of God inside the life of the believer being released Man, I tell you what, and the more that you allow the Spirit of God to breathe into your life, man, the more it grows. And you know, the whole point is that we would bless and we would impact the lives of people around us. The gift of the Spirit was never self focused. Be like, oh, I'm good. I get to go to heaven. Just doing the religious thing, it was given to us that we might reach the world. But it's available to all of us. The Holy Spirit is with us today. All right. So we're going to look at three required elements to receiving baptism. We already talked about these, but I really want us to focus on these quickly. Three required elements to receiving baptism. Number one, receive salvation. So today, if if you have not received salvation, if you don't have a relationship with God through through the gift of Jesus, like, that's where you start. Like, I want the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? I want you having all three today. I want you to ask for the salvation, receive the Holy Spirit, and then, you know, we're going to give you a radical move at the end of this service to come up for prayer, and I hope you go through the whole car wash. You're like, man, about all this mud on the tires, and man, you know, my car is real dirty, and I've been through a lot, and I said, like, guess what? God will take you just like you are. Yes. Yeah. He didn't say get cleaned up before you come to church. He said, just come as you are. It wasn't through religious practice. You know, if if we get right first, why the heck do we need Jesus? We just got to understand that we come messed up and hopefully we leave a little less messed up. Some of us still messed up when we leave. But we are in the process of being made righteous and being made holy by that continual work of the Spirit inside of us. So receive salvation. So this is receiving and believing the gospel. This is the free gift of Jesus. So the, the free gift of Jesus to the sinner. We have to understand that we were all at one time hopeless and lost in our best efforts. In our best efforts, on our best day, we still miss the mark. So saving is found in Jesus alone, not just trying to be good enough. Romans 2, 8 and 9, it says, It is for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And then John 14, 6, Jesus is speaking here. And I don't think Jesus messes up his words or says the wrong thing. But he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. What does it say right here? No one comes to the Father except through me. Who was saying this? Jesus. So he's saying, you have to come through the cross. You have to come through the blood. You have to come through me. I am the only doorway to heaven. Well, I come to church every Sunday, Pastor. I don't miss a Sunday. That don't save you. I bet the devil shows up to church on Sunday. I mean, he's going to end up in a good place. Like, just showing up, just doing the right things does not make you saved. Jesus alone is the one who saves. So we have to believe and receive the gospel. If you've been at the church for a while, you've probably heard this definition of the gospel. But I want you to read it. I want you to see it. I want you to put your eyes on it. But this is what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus. He lived the life we should have lived, and he died the death we should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he was the Son of God and offers the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins to anyone. Can you say that to anyone who repents and believes in him? Man, that is good news. Any of us. You don't make, Pastor, it don't matter how bad I am. No, but it matters what you put your faith in today in the cross, in the blood, that Jesus lived the perfect spotless life. You understand Jesus was perfect. He never messed up. That's why he was the adequate sacrifice. Any of y'all never, never messed up? All right. But that blood of Jesus, the spotless lamb sacrifice in the old Testament it says without the shedding of blood, there is, no forgi- there is no forgiveness. So Jesus's blood covers our sins the testimony to our faith. Remember last week, Romans 8, 14, it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are children of God. We can't be led by the the Spirit of God and not be children. But when we are children of God, we will be marked by our obedience of being led by the Spirit of God. Um, My kids help me so much. I I really love Samuel being in here. I don't think it makes me shrink back on my my stories. I'll have to figure that out. But, uh, you know, they really... They've really done well lately when I give them an instruction. They say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. We beat it into them a little bit, but they figure it out. But I'll tell you what. You know what one of the most frustrating things as a father is? When you say, yes, sir, with no action. I would rather you say, man, I ain't doing that and not do it because then it gets to the true heart. Rather than saying, yes, sir, I'll take care of that. Yes, ma'am, I'll take care of that. And you don't do that. Because let me tell you what, talk is cheap and the action speaks. What you do or don't do is what's going to matter. You can say, oh, well, I'm going to get right with the Lord. But if you don't do nothing with that, if you don't respond, if you don't make a move to do that. But that's how we know we are sons and daughters of God. If we are obedient and we're also following through, being led, following those instructions It's like God says, hey, come on, we're moving this way. And you're like, okay, dad. And you don't move your feet. Did you not hear me? I said, come on, we're moving. You know, like, and then, then you got two options. You either get it in gear or he gets you in gear, right? That's how God works as a loving father. Like he wants, but he he wants you to move, but it's better to be led and follow those instructions. Okay. So number one. Required element to receiving that baptism, you got to receive salvation. Number two, request the gift of the Holy Spirit. So ask for it. Sometimes the simplest step in receiving some of the greatest thing in God's kingdom is, is received through simply asking. Have I asked God for these things? I know we think things all the time. I'm so guilty of, of, of that, even in my own life, where I'm thinking about things I should be asking God for. But I'll tell you what, there is something about releasing those words to actions. I touched on that just a second ago, but you know, releasing those words kind of releases that measure of faith. Because when I'm asking God for something, you know I'm asking Him for things that I believe He can do? I'm not going to go up to the roof of this church and say, Lord, help me fly, help me fly, help me don't die, and jump. Because I tell you what, I ain't got no faith for that, really. And it's gonna, you gonna, I'll meet y'all in heaven. But how many times through scripture do we see people crying out? They say, Jesus, I wanna be healed. Why did they cry out, I wanna be healed? Because inside of them, they had faith to believe that he was a healer. Jesus, I want to to receive my sight. Why did they shout that out? Because they believed that at one voice, one speaking, one touch, that the eyes would be opened. We speak the things out that we believe that is possible. So we say that so that God hears it. But we also say it so that the devil hears it. There's something about that powerful authority That man just releases the power of God to work. But I believe the things that I ask for and I speak those things out. And I believe when we speak those things out, God begins to move on our behalf. But uh, understand this, that God has available what you need today. I don't care what it is. You can say, well, I kind of need this. I need help with it. God has it. Or he'll give you the bandwidth to figure out how to do it. He has the answers to everything. Um... But ask for the gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. Do you understand this? That when you ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, do you understand God's already response is yes? He's he just waiting. He's just sitting there like, come on, do it. You got it. Go for it. Just ask for it. I'm ready to release it in your life. Okay, so we want to request the Holy Spirit. And number three, this is a radical move. This is going to be a challenging for some of you. But I want you to respond by coming forward. Now, I know a lot of times, and I've seen it happen to where, you know, people get touched right where they're at. And I thank God for moments like that, that, that people get touched and they're just like, man, I'm, I'm just going to sit here. You ever seen it? I'm just going to sit in my seat and I'm going to receive, Lord. But I'll tell you what, there is something about activated faith and making a move to get out of your seat and to come forward. Pressing past the fear of man, worrying about what people are going to think. But I tell you what, if you can't stand for God in the church, you will not do it in the world. That's the first thing. You're like, man, well, what are you people going to think? Well, what are they going to think if nobody responds? you telling me all of y'all are ready and full of the Holy Spirit and you've been satisfied and you have enough? Like, I'm going to think, if anything, you didn't really allow this word to penetrate your heart. Because after a message like this, I can tell you there cannot not be a response. Absolutely not. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm already baptized with the Holy Spirit. Well, ask for more ask for renewal, ask for more than you've ever thought possible. Like, right. You know, if you've never received it, receive it. If you've never received salvation, ask for it. But you know, in, in scripture, we see the receiving of the Holy Spirit's baptism through the practice of laying on of hands. We covered that in our basic Christian doctrines. If you missed it, you can go way back in our podcast. I don't know how long that series was back, but you can see the principle of laying on of hands. But When you come forward and get somebody to place their hands on you, it requires you to do something proactive to receive the release of the baptism. Let's look at Acts 19, 1 through 7. So understand, this passage was 20 years after Pentecost. 20 years. Like 20 years later, I might be like, man, I missed it. That was just for them. But I tell you what, 20 years later, when it's poured out, I guarantee you if 20 years, 200 years, 2,000 years, it's still being poured out today. But here's what it says. In Acts nineteen one through seven, there he found some disciples and asked them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" They answered, "No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit." So Paul asked them, "Then what baptism did you receive?" They said, "John's baptism." Paul said, "John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus." And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So when when Paul placed his hands on him. the the Holy Spirit came on them. And then here we see it again. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Why do you think the Bible keeps giving us numbers as far as the number of people that received? So if that story would have went, well, there was 12 of them, but only eight of them received. What we see is that everyone present in the room who had faith to believe and ask and be prayed for received. All of them received the gift. All of them received that. But what does it say? Paul placed his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on on them. And what happened? They spoke with what? Tongues. And they prophesied. Can you stand up with me? So I'm going to lead you guys into a, I guess I would say just a radical faith move this morning to move from where you're at and do something to experience maybe a deeper measure of the presence of God today. I don't want you just to learn about the Holy Spirit to walk away, but I really, really want you to experience him today like maybe you never have. So of the three faith moves, now listen, you can do all of these this morning and I would actually strongly encourage you to do all three if you've never done any of the three. But the first thing is receive salvation, Number two is request the Holy Spirit. And number three is respond to prayer. You got that? Receive salvation, request the Holy Spirit, and respond to prayer. That's it. I don't know where you're at this morning. And just because I don't know where you're at, I want to make sure we cover all of the bases this morning. So I'm going to lead us in just a simple prayer of salvation. If today you have the the faith to believe that Jesus died on the cross to you, today is the day of salvation. But if that's as far as you've went in the journey, I don't want you to stop there. If you've never requested and asked for the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to do that today. And then in bold faith, I'm going to encourage you to come forward and allow one of our prayer partners and one of our prayer leaders to pray over you. Because what did we see in in that passage with Paul? Paul was able to give something he had received. He had it on the inside. So here's what I want: I want our prayer teams to go ahead and come forward. And um, if I have individuals in here who are members of the church, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm probably going to say "full of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues," can you come help us pray th- this this morning? But I'm gonna, let, just let's let's start with the salvation, and I just want each of you to repeat after me. And if you if you believe this today and you put faith in this, it's going to your life's going to change today. Repeat after me: say, Heavenly Father. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you, serve you, and follow you the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, listen to this as as I, as I kind of speak this over you. And I would challenge you, with your mouth, request the Holy Spirit. But, Heavenly Father, you said that all I have to do is ask. And you would give me the Holy Spirit. Father, those in the room, they have committed to serving you with their life and you've promised to send the power of the Holy Spirit to those who ask. So today, each of us ask. And just with your mouth, just say, I want the Holy Spirit to be released in my life. And say, Holy Spirit, I now just release you to come and have your way in and through my life. And if you did that, And you want to solidify that. I want you to take a one more radical move and come out of your seats and come up here and get prayer that we could fully release the Holy Spirit in your life. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.